With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris Sims. Oh, baby. (laughs) That's right. Adam Lefko in the house with Chris Ebola virus Sims. (laughs) (laughs) He's coughing up a lug. And Josh, producer with the most, Fendrick. Chris, are you going to survive this podcast? I'll be okay. It's been a long day. But, it's been a uh, long week, dude. Yeah. We need to get Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman over here. Doc- I mean, what? Dr. What person? Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I don't even know who that is. It's the girl. What? Dr. I, what's it from? Tell me. It was a show called Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Really? She also played the mother on Wedding Crashers. And she go, ooh, kitty cat. Oh, yeah. I just saw that again the other night. That's some great parts. <laughs> Love that. You motorboat. You motorboat. You would just do a Wedding Crashers podcast? Man, that would be fun. Do you think Chris Mortensen has ever seen Wedding Crashers? Definitely. Definitely? Definitely, yes. Chris Mortensen will be our guest on the podcast. I told you last week, playoffs, we are going no holds barred. We are not taking any bye weeks. Last week was Peter King. This week, Chris Mortensen. How do you know Chris? Uh, just through years of the NFL. Uh, he, Of course, you know, Chris, Morton, Mort, Mort, as they call him, Mort. he's just... Uh, He's kind of an NFL icon. He knows everybody. Yeah. Uh, my dad, of course, knew him. And uh, I was growing up. Morton might be calling the house. I'd answer the phone. Uh, <laughs> How old were you? Another thing you don't know, actually, is Mort's son is an assistant coach for Alabama. Oh, uh, wow. So he used to come up to the Sims household from time to time and come and throw with us and do things like that. That's awesome. Yeah, so they're a good family. Uh, I just sent a picture to Fendrick. He's going to post it on the Twitter page. Uh, Chris, we've talked before about eating teriyaki. He is currently eating out of what looks to be an enormous popcorn slash salad bowl with a – what is that? That's a serving spoon. A serving spoon, yeah. He, not only is he sick, he is eating out of what seems to be a trough, and that's only because you are eating your words because what happened in the regular season continued in the postseason. Adam Lefko goes 3-1 and one with his postseason picks. Chris Sims goes 1-3. and three. The trend continues. Lefko is God. I love it. Yeah, you've been. I, I haven't been good with my picks the last few weeks of the year. Uh, and, I mean, I'm just – I, I'm just plain old stupid. I picked Arizona and Ryan Lindley. That was stupid. Yeah, I, I think we realized that right at the end when you picked Lindley and Andy Dalton. Yeah, I, I obviously was sitting there Sunday going, man, you picked Lindley and Andy Dalton. You and deserve I got to Andrew lose. Luck and Cam Newton. Yeah, it's I, unbelievable. I read too deep into it. But you're still a loser wearing your Eagles sweatshirt. So. I am wearing an Eagles hoodie because I will never forget. I, I have a few things that I want to touch on after Mortensen. Of course, we'll have Steven Nelson who's going to break it down. Great. Uh, after Mortensen, I want to get your thoughts on Chris Christie just because I think everyone's talking about it being from Jersey. I'm right. very curious what you think. And 
You're best friends with Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Uh, we are taping this on Thursday because you've been sick the last two days. Right. So much has transpired. I'm kind of glad we're doing this now with Kyle. I want to get your whole take on that situation. We'll get to that now. Sure. But first, the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Mortensen. You did a great job introducing Peter King last week. Right. I'd like you to try it again um, and maybe do an Adam Lefko impersonation. You want to try it out? All right. We got Chris Mortensen. That's my Adam Lefko impersonation. That's as far as going. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, yeah, we got Chris Mortensen about to come yep. on. Mr. NFL insider, Mr. Know Everything, but more importantly, uh, a good guy. Been a friend of mine for a long time. I'm just happy he's joining us. What's I just, up? I just like the mister in front of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're trying to be uh, big time around here over at Bleacher Report. And uh, also, Chris, I told you about my other co-host here, Adam Lefko, so you guys can formally meet over the phone here. Chris, it's a pleasure to meet you, buddy. Same here, Adam. Uh, Same here. We, uh, we were having a bet in the office, and I'm curious. Um, over under 150 for you in terms of text messages per day. <laughs> Uh, it's over. Oh. Uh, it's, it's 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 funny. Yeah, uh, yes. I kind of anticipated that question could be asked. So, uh, you know, t- it's combination text messages, phone calls. The text messages, you know, being a dinosaur. But by the way, when we were getting ready to do a Christmas show uh, for one of our, you know, like an NFL countdown, originally they were handing out all these green sweaters, and they had like little, you know, elves and stuff like on the. <laughs> green sweaters and then they had me want to add a dinosaur on it so as it turned out we ended up not wearing them that day but it's i still prefer telephone conversations to texting i understand texting is very convenient and it's convenient sometimes for me and it's more convenient oftentimes for for people who really don't want to talk to you so so but it is it is over 150 if i combine text and phone calls themselves. Well, Mort, I, I have a. I mean, we've known each other for a long time. I don't think I've ever asked you this question, uh, and was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, why don't you tell us and, and everybody else who listens, maybe all five of our other people that listen to this <laughs> podcast, just at least how you got started in the business? I, I really don't even know how it all kind of transpired. <clears throat> well, it's a complete accident. Uh, first and foremost, I was born in uh, uh, Los Angeles, California. In a manger, of course, as you know, uh, and uh, you know it's like uh, in a lower income family, and and uh, we we you know, lived in Hawthorne, California, Inglewood, uh, moved to North Torrance, which is near that South Bay area. It sounds really nice because Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, and Redondo Beach are all near there. But I was five miles inland. Uh, I played sports at a place called North High School or North Torrance High School. I was a football, basketball, baseball, meat and potatoes guy. Ruptured my spleen playing football, Chris. We have a see. I ruptured my spleen and lost it and almost died. Wow! And and and, and so therefore my football career at that yes. time they said no more football for you. Right. I remember uh, that you so, told me that before. Yeah. And so, anyways, as I go through and I graduate from high school, I'm going to be a coach and primarily a basketball coach, by the way. Okay. And, and so I decided, okay, I'm going to coach and I'm going to teach because my coaches were great influences on me. Uh, my baseball coach was a great, tremendous influence on me. My baseball coach, though, knew I was looking for a part-time job and actually called a local newspaper up called the Daily Breeze, which is a South Bay Daily Breeze. And I can honestly say that uh, working part-time, I actually covered George Brett, wow. who was a senior in high school at El Segundo High School. Wow. Uh, when, and and uh, got to know the Bretts very well. 
So a lot of great experiences. That was a part-time job. And that part-time job at one point, uh, is like it was interrupted with two years of service. I was dumb enough to get drafted. How they draft a guy without a spleen, you don't have enough time to go into. So I served about <laughs> two years in the Army. I come back. Uh, I'm going to the local junior college, El Camino College, as you're familiar with, Chris, because Matt went there. Yeah, that's crazy. And, uh, and so, therefore, uh, they, had, they, had needed a, they had fired their high school sports editor, and at the end of summer, they hadn't found one and asked me if I would want the job. And you know what? I said yes. <laughs> and, and I was thrilled because I was going to make 90 bucks a week, which I did. Wow. Right. And I was able to cover, you know, uh, about 32 high schools that played in the area. And I was in print business for a long time, loved it. Uh, eventually ended up uh, you know, covering the Dodgers, had like a sword his first six years, covering the baseball. That was after covering a lot of high school sports and junior college sports. Uh, all I can do is fast forward you to eventually going to Atlanta Journal-Constitution, right. uh, crossing over into football when I met, met my wife in Atlanta, started a family, uh, and then it was like National Sports Daily. Nobody will ever remember. Frank DeFord uh, started it, uh, well, along with $100 million by, by somebody from Mexico. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and basically said, which sport do you want to pick? I said, well, I'll stay, I'll stay on the NFL. And from there, you know, I had... People who were calling, ESPN included, saying, hey, we like your work. And Will McDonough had kind of been a pioneer for the Boston Globe on insiders. Right. And that's ultimately how I landed at ESPN 24 years ago. Wow. And never had any, never had any interest in being on TV. Wow. Just, in, fact, we, in fact, we despised TV people, to be quite honest with you, <laughs> until they showed us the check. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, as a print guy, there was definitely a sense of respect towards print. And here on the podcast, respect is not something we really take that, that important. Um, we do have one rule, Chris. If you feel the need, if you feel inspired to let out a curse word, you only get one, and we will celebrate it, and we will bleep it. It's, it's a very ceremonial thing here. And I, <laughs> And from what Chris tells me, I mean, you it sounds like you guys have lived the same life. Well, I did it, not realize. It's funny. I forgot about the spleen thing. We're both named Chris. Yeah, my brother went to El Camino Junior College, <laughs> so we do have a lot of uh, more in common than I realized. Uh, so, wait, but I just want to get back to Mort. So now you're at ESPN. Uh, are you immediately like the NFL insider as far as if they want to know a, a late-breaking scoop, they come to you? Yeah, I mean, it was back then. I was actually on the main set with the Countdown guys. It was, it was right. I it remember was, that. it was me, Chris Berman, Joe Theismann, and Tom Jackson. Yeah. There were four of us in a little cave uh, on a two building. Uh, if you've seen ESPN now, we're like a multi campus uh, you know, establishment. And, you know, it'd be like, hey, I would say after the first segment, you know, uh, Chris would turn to me and say, okay, Mort, uh, what, do you, what do you have for us? And I'd go on a little three minute spin around the league. Right, uh, and I'll never forget that uh, I, I, I did not smile my first three or four shows, by the way, and I was miserable. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they, they put makeup on you, and they made me shave my mustache. They had people messing with your hair, all that stuff was very awkward for a print guy. <laughs> but I'll never forget when I, uh, I I had really made an effort to try and smile on one show. I think it was my week five. Uh, this is 1991, I believe, and I remember doing my uh, spin around the league, and the last thing I said was. And if the Colts lose today, Ron Meyer of the Indi uh, Indianapolis Colts, it was Indianapolis, yeah, right. uh, will be fired. 
which is a pretty big thing to say. Yes. And then, as we went to commercial break, I smiled. <laughs> so, so I, because I, I made this conscious effort, I was going to smile. Now, I get this, you know, Scott Ackerson was our producer then, I remember him pressing the button and speaking in my ear, and he said, hey, uh, Mort, he said, uh, uh, you smiled. I said, yeah, he said, I finally smiled. He goes, yeah, but you just... You just said Ron Meyer could get fired, and you look pretty happy about it. Not, not, not exactly. I'm paraphrasing. Not exactly what we what we want there. Right. That's so, hilarious. That's I never heard you tell that story. That is unbelievable. That is so funny. <laughs> what What would you say, uh, Mort? Is the one story that maybe you broke on TV that was the one you were most proud of? Wow, that's. Uh, I'm not a big scoreboard guy. Sure. And so it's kind of, I hate to say a question that catches me off guard to sit there and say I was really proud of that story. So many of our stories, uh, you know, I thought, I think probably, and it's just most recently known how competitive and how social media has changed the landscape. I think breaking the Peyton Manning story, breaking up with the Colts, and then ultimately breaking the Peyton Manning story, going to the Denver Broncos, I, listen, that was a story that had great interest because we've never had a free agent of that magnitude except right. for Reggie White, although it was a, a free agent with a significant physical handicap. Mm. Now, there are stories in going back and back. The Prince stories really, I think there were more Prince stories I was most proud of. I, you know, in 1987, I launched a two- or three-year investigation into sports agents that led to the 20 state laws, led to an investigation to sports agents and, and mafia connections and wow. ended up in a federal court in Chicago. Uh, ironically, you know, I'm working with a guy, Chris Carter, who was caught up in that web, who actually was a convicted felon uh, from that. I mean, we, we, we kind of take a dig at each other every once in a while because of that. And and that, that led to a lot of, I would say, accolades and also a lot of opportunities that opened doors for me. So, you know, I, I, in terms of TV, I, I'm just... I know some guys who make lists and keep track of everything sure. they've broken, but I'm just not one of those guys. Well, that Peyton Manning one's a pretty good one, so yeah, that's I think you, good. that's a good notch on the belt. I, I'm curious. The thing that I always remember about Mort was he's not just a reporter. He's a football guy. He knows football so much that he was offered GM jobs. I remember that. I always used to read that. Mort, if you could have any GM job in the NFL, which one is, is the most intriguing? Not that you're getting offered any, but if you could work anywhere as a GM, which franchise would it be? Well, I would also say that, you know, I'd be careful about saying that I was offered a GM job. I was offered a front office job that had a potential to work on football operations, too. However, oh. since you asked the question, I would probably say for my old Los Angeles Rams. Wow. Oh, wait a minute. We don't have a team in LA. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and, and so, therefore, it would probably fall back to what became where the place where I raised my family, which was being. In Atlanta, with the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Blank, who uh, I actually have a very warm relationship with uh, there. All right, so this is the other thing. I mean, we're talking about all your text messages. Do you keep your phone on silent, on vibrate all night, or is there some point before you go to sleep you say, I don't care what the news (laughs) is, I'm shutting my phone off, or is it one of those things you always got to have it on just in case? No, it's Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter uh, needs a lot of therapy. I think he keeps both his cell phones on during the night. Sure. What I would do, I'll put it on vibrate uh, or silent, uh, and I have two. 
but the other thing is I give out my home landline number to those who, if there, if I think there's a story that has a chance to break, call this number because that phone will ring and I will know mm. it's important. Now it's always also one of those phone lines that when it does ring, you also think, is there something wrong with the family? Oh, you know, right. right. So, uh, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm, I, I, I do need my sleep. But people have the right number in case they need to wake me up. Okay. All right. I'll figure out that number so I can wake you up one night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, so wait, that's the other thing I want to ask you, too. Just the, the, the dynamic between you and Schefter I think is really kind of cool. You guys, have, I'm sure, have some overlying uh, contacts that you talk to. Sometimes I'm sure you guys find out the same news almost at the same time, maybe from different people and within the same organization. How do you sometimes uh, spread the wealth or just basically say, oh, you can break this one, I'll break that one? I mean, how does that whole dynamic work? Yeah, it, it, it's different because and, and, and because of the, the new landscape of social media and so many different media outlets and, and uh, I mean, the partnership has been a good one, it's a, and it's a good one, too, in terms of the interpersonal dynamics, because we're so different. We come from different backgrounds. Uh, Adam's very well educated and and uh, kind of straight-laced, you know. I, I think some people, sometimes people think I'm I'm real buttoned down and straight-laced. I, I'm not. I'm, a, I'm an old beach guy. Uh, and, I think and, you're uh, well-educated, though. I don't know. I, I am not. <laughs> But I, but I would say this is that we we end up, we try to w- work independently, and then there are times when the story becomes big enough to, hey, and you and say maybe I don't have quite a, have it quite locked down, or maybe he doesn't. Right. He says, look, I need some help here. Here's what I'm hearing, and we will work together, uh, you know, uh, to, to see if we can get it done. And then, you know, there's always that old saying of there's a lot of times where we will sit there and maybe. I won't say pound our fist on the table, but knowing that we played something conservatively, because you're, I think it's important to play conservative, conservatively, especially on uh, a major news story. Right. You know, somebody will somebody will beat us, and I just say, hey, listen, it's better to be beat than to be wrong. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, you guys are wrong. Adam, you know, the, there's certain times of the year that Adam gets very excited about, like free agency. I'm not a big sports agent guy. You know, right. And Adam, I'm not saying now. Adam has a lot of sources uh, in all areas, but he loves free agency. Uh, and I see. I mean, I see this guy at the scouting combine. He's got everything lined up. So as soon as free agency strikes, it's coming in like crazy. And you know mm-hmm. what? I, good. I say, good. Take the free agents. <laughs> and, and, and fans love that stuff. But our partnership works well. Yeah. Uh, and you know, even even like I say, coming from different backgrounds, I think it works too. And I think he likes having me kind of like maybe a big brother right. around uh, and, you know, who, who can lighten things up uh, occasionally. Uh, that's, that's so it works well. That's awesome. I'm always fascinated, too, with the way people start their days. Chris, what time do you wake up in the morning? Well, you know, I, it's changed a little bit because of social media, but uh, I try to wake up at 530 every morning. And I will, you know, I, I'll have a cup of coffee and I'll sit there and, and now it's turning on the computer and really just, okay, what's happened overnight or, you know, start to make get, get out your notepad and just start prioritizing lists oh. of things that, you, you know, and reading uh, I'm volumes so... of stuff. And I'm sure you guys do the same thing. Oh. But then, but then it really it's kind of like you work time zones. You, you know there are certain coaches who are uh. walking into their office and, you know, you might, okay, I, I need to hit these five coaches 
and or maybe I need to hit 12 coaches in a day, and I, I try to layer it out towards the time zones, and we'll make some calls, and uh, and maybe those maybe those stories simply have a a little note in there that I can follow up that will lead to another conversation. Now I'll say this: I actually like football, <laughs> yes. and the problem now is we seldom, as insiders, get to talk football. Uh, right. right. And, and I think that coaches appreciate you know, the the other thing about let's talk football. And so, you know, it's kind of like that, that's the challenge. Well, okay, we're talking football, but I don't see you talking football on TV. Right. Yeah. All, yeah, all the, you know? the only thing you're talking to me about is information. That's what's so interesting for me. You mentioned Twitter a few times and social media. Everyone's desire, they're craving for this information immediately. To get the information yesterday, I can only imagine the pressure it puts on an insider. I can't even imagine handling it. For me, it's like the thought of me calling someone and them realizing, oh, Adam's only calling me for information. I would want to have like full-length conversations with them so they know that, hey, I'm coming at you from a good place. How do you kind of hammer that home to them? Like, listen, man, like I'm only going to put out there what you want to get out there, and I actually care about football. When you don't have the time to do it, how do you get that across? I think those, are, those relationships are established established over time. And, and the problem that I encounter is, as we do more and more things in studio, is getting out in the field. Listen, I can get stuff uh, on the phone from training camp, but any, anybody knows once you go to a, a, a go, go see a team and you spend a day or a day and a half there, you're going to get a a hundred percent more volume, uh, and then not just notes or insider notes or, or, or rumors or whatever, but it'll help establish the relationship. So it's more of a challenge right now. And uh, at the same time, you know, I, I think sometimes you just have a little chit-chat, maybe about the football game. Uh, and even then, it's, it, it can be sometimes if you've got a long-time relationship going, you can even just talk about family. Mm-hmm. And all you're doing is just checking in. And, oh, hey, I saw this note in the paper. Uh, is that accurate? Uh, and maybe it leads to something else. It's, it's, uh, it's different because we're getting a lot of new faces and new, new people in the league that I'll be honest with you, I like it's it's moving the carousel's moving fast it really is there's some people i'm like wait who is that i don't even know who that is yeah like, well i had is. that conversation with somebody today who is this yeah right <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, we're not going to keep you much longer i just want to ask you one more quick question i don't know if a lot of people know this but chris mortensen's son alex works on the alabama crimson tide coaching staff oh. under nick saban so after that loss last week i just want to know how alex is doing uh and how he's feeling about all that. That's a tough way to lose. I hope uh, Nick's not making them work too hard after that. Well, I, 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 he does not allow me to talk about anything that goes on internally because he won't tell me much. <laughs> That's awesome. But I know this. He's like any other competitor. When you lose, you're pretty – Yeah. And this is, is this the word I get to get Go ahead. Out? Do you're it. Yeah. Pissed off. <laughs> and, and, uh, pissed uh, off so, is really so, not a curse word, though. You could have came harder than that, Chris. So somebody, somebody uh, in the family asked me how Alex was doing. I said, uh, "Wounded, but in stable condition." Okay, mm. that's good. That was a tough loss. Uh, was, I'm still amazed by Ohio State and what they're doing right now. But Mort, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. You're such a good dude. You've been great to me all these years. Thanks a lot. Enjoyed it. We'll have to do it again sometimes, guys. Awesome. All right. Awesome, man. I hope he was smiling as he finished that one off. That was perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Mort. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, uh, Take care, guys. See you, man. 
The Mort Report. Mort's amazing. He's an amazing guy. He really is. The, the amazing thing that I got to experience with Mort, too, is just in my playing days, of course, I knew Mort a little. Uh, Mort's really very stand-up. I mean, how much info does Mort have that he doesn't report? Uh, I'm sure he's backloaded. I can't back-loaded. even imagine. Right. He's backloaded. He can't even tell all That's stuff. what the, – the, he had one thing there when he was talking about Schefter. You know, he's all about the free agency stuff. Look, Schefter is a machine. Right. Let's just put it out. He's a machine, right. okay? But the fact that you have Mort that's going like, you know what? Let him have all that stuff. I just want to talk about football. You could tell he loves the game. He does. He talks He loves the, the game. game and he loves the relationships. Right. That's the thing that whenever we talk to someone, when we talk to Peter King, I could sense it. When we talk to your dad, I could sense it. There was a beautiful sense to the old game where there was these things that not everyone was breaking down like we do the offensive X factor, the defensive X factor. There was just a sense of the game. Yeah, they have a good understanding of the total game. Oh, yes. and the stories that probably didn't come out in the past that were actually happening. Right. I mean, think about if Lawrence Taylor was playing right now, man. It'd be unbelievable. Yeah. But, but instead, we're breaking down every little thing. And I think I, you could tell he's a little nostalgic. Yes, he's that. a historian. He knows a lot. I mean, he's 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 actually he a could lot. write a book, and he may have already written a book. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think he has written one, if I remember correctly. But if he has not, yeah, I'm sure he's got another book in him. Uh, but he's amazing too, just because uh, he has a great way about him. And the one thing when I was playing, so I was playing. I had just gotten hurt with my whole spleen thing. They were going to resign me to a new deal. The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, and so they resigned me to a new deal. Uh, and all of a sudden, Mort reported that they signed me to a new deal. And I swear on my children, I didn't tell Mort anything. Right. But the Bucks called me, Gruden and Bruce Allen. They thought I was the one that told Mort. I mean, they were pissed at me. What were they saying? Just, they were like, you Give know. Like Gruden imitation. Yeah, they called, well, they called my agent, really. So they didn't call me directly. Okay. But they're just, I can't believe Chris would release this to Mort, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "What do you, you think Mort's the only person – I'm the only person Mort's talking to in your front office or your organization? Seriously. I mean, Mort knows owners, GMs, scouts. He knows everything. You don't know where he's getting his info uh, from. So, uh, yeah, I, I always that always sticks out in my mind. I'm so curious what people like owners and GMs think when they see his name on their phone. And are they like – Am I going to learn something about my team? Yeah. Is he going to ask me a question, or is he going to say, just so you know? Either way, either he's way. a power player. Power player. And they're going to answer the phone. Yes. And, yes, either it's they're going to give him some info, so maybe they can Ugh. frame their public opinion they right. won't want, uh, or maybe they're going to trade info. I don't really know how that world works, but – I don't want to know. Obviously, I just yeah. want to talk about ball. That makes it, it's, yeah, it gives me a headache. Too, oh, my gosh. Really it was funny to hear him talk about stuff like Twitter, which brings us to, apparently, a Twitter question that producer Josh is going to post to wow. us. Yeah, so we actually got a question from overseas, one of our Rome listeners. Wow. Uh, named – Andrea Buscemi, Andrea Buscemi. Any relation to Steve? Steve Buscemi. I was wondering the same myself. Uh, the question is for you, Chris. Uh, it's, the tweet says, could you ask Chris if he ever doubted his chances of becoming a pro player? And huh. if he would have come up short of the NFL, what would have been your job? Wow, I like her, and I really like Italian girls. I married one, so they're high up on my list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Might have to Google her when this is over. Right below uh, Canadians. Because that was a great question. Um, <laughs> so... Actually, you don't one even of the, know how to Google. One of the one of the things that uh, sometimes people take for granted with me, they go, "Oh, well, I know you got hurt, but you lived your dream. Uh, you got to play in the NFL." Yes, that was my dream to a degree. But I, now people might think I really sound cocky and like a jerk for asshole. That's my. I might sound like an asshole. 
all. Why are you saying uh, it like an for saying man? this? But my thing is this: um, I knew I was going to play in the NFL probably from my freshman year in high school on. Okay, uh, I what was, gives you that sense? Just um, that, that I knew. Yeah. Uh, you know, I already had kind of the size to, of the NFL quarterback. In my freshman year, I was probably like 6'3", 180, so mm. I knew I would thicken out. Uh, of course, uh, I knew I could really throw it, and I had my dad telling me, like, you can really throw it. Cause and I'd your be dad's like, not a bull****. No, he's not. So uh, there's your cuss word. That uh, doesn't count. So, But you're, you're exactly right, because dad would come home from games, and I'd be like, oh, how does he throw it? What's my arm compared to his? And dad would be like, well, you throw it harder than he does already, so you're fine. You just right. keep getting better at quarterback. Uh, so uh, I, I always knew. I always kind of knew that my dream was not to just go to the NFL. My dream was to play in a Super Bowl. That was my dream. Uh, and I know that might sound cocky or whatever, but that's really the the truth of the matter. I don't know that's cocky. Um, and then my, my other thing, uh, if I wasn't going to be uh, a, a player in the NFL, uh, I was very interested in the Wall Street scene. I really was. I started Growing up in Jersey. Yeah. I had a lot of fathers and family friends that were in the finance world here in, in Wall Street in New York City. So I was very intrigued by that. I also knew it was kind of an action packed, pressurized type job. Yeah. Which, you know, hey, playing football, playing quarterbacks the same way. You like to have that. So th- that was one area I, I was certainly interested in. I, I think that's interesting. I thought you were going to say a zookeeper again. <laughs> I'm going to tweet at Andrea right now and let uh, let her know that the question was answered on this week's podcast. Yeah, that was a good question. And if her. anyone else has questions, at Sims and Lefko. At Sims and Lefko tweet is the Twitter handle for the podcast. And for Sims' sake, maybe put a little winky face at the end of that tweet back to her. Huh? Yeah, I love those Italian girls. Yeah, ole. Yep. Is that what they say? I don't know. Yeah, that's what they say at soccer games. All right, so uh, going to what he was saying right there, uh, Mortensen, in terms of breaking news and all that stuff, the news with Kyle Shanahan and all that stuff, it's very interesting because you're in an interesting situation. He's your best friend. You know all this stuff that's going on. And a testament to you, I'm going to give you some props. You don't go out, out there and put it out there. That's not your job. You're here as an NFL analyst. You're not an NFL insider. Right. But I'm curious. You're hearing all these things right now about the breakup of Kyle Shanahan, the Cleveland Browns. Right. He goes in there, according to Fox Sports' Alex Marvez, right. and requests uh, permission to leave. It is granted. Quarterback coach Dow Logans is fired. Right. Kyle Shanahan gone from Cleveland. Right. Uh, what is your take on all the news that's coming out there? Uh, I, first, I want to ask you about this whole Johnny Manziel. What was Kyle's relationship with Johnny? And did he really not want to coach him? I'm glad you asked that right off the start because that's what I was going to start the answer. Uh, I, yeah, that's what bothers me about some of the reports I've heard over the last day or two is the fact that Kyle Shanahan didn't want to work with Johnny Manziel. I can tell you uh, more than anything, and I think you know this because you heard me throughout the year. These are some of the things I did tell you. Kyle loved Johnny Manziel. Really? Loved working with him. He loved the way as far as Johnny Manziel approaches things. Yes, could his work ethic improve? Sure, but Kyle also is a realistic guy to know, hey, it's a young kid. He's got a lot of stuff going on in his life. He'll learn to balance it. But uh, it does bother me when I hear that. And that when I hear that, that he didn't want to do the Johnny Manziel thing, all I hear think is that's just the Browns trying to smear Kyle Shanahan at this point. Uh, that's really all that is because it couldn't be farther from the truth. He truly, he really had a lot of respect for Johnny, not only the player, but he thought he was very accountable to himself. I remember you telling me one time that he actually liked Johnny more than Hoyer at some point. Yes, there certainly was. I think there was a lot of things he liked about Johnny more than Hoyer. He really did. It just, hey, uh, he couldn't play him early in the year. It's because he was a rookie. It's a mm. big learning 
curve. There's a lot of things to deal with. Uh, People but I think, forget, too, the first few games for the Browns were really dangerous for a rookie quarterback, too. It was like the Ravens, the Steelers, the early Saints. on. Saints. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was no cupcake. Uh, there, that, that's for sure. Let me ask you another question. Yeah. Then what the hell happened? Why? What if if you? I don't know how much you would have put out there, but in terms of what happened with him and the Browns, you know, why was this not a good relationship? Why? Why is it not good for him? Then? Well, I think it's two things. First of all, I, I mean, I think first, if you just look at Kyle and some of the opportunities he has, uh, whether it's to go work with his dad, I do think that intrigues him. Just sure. from the simple fact, it didn't work in Washington, and I think they would like to make it work. Absolutely, he's always talked about that since college. And I saw a story about Dan Quinn out there. So, and I do think that's a possibility as well. If Dan Quinn gets a head coaching job, you might see Kyle Shanahan sign with him as well. Uh, you know, as far as I know, listen, yeah, I do know a lot. I know a lot from other people around the NFL too. I just think there's a lot of dysfunction in that Cleveland Browns front office. And it's starting to get out. I saw a yes. few stories, one about a phone call coming down. Um, it And it's interesting that, you know, look, man, I date a Browns fan. Right. Okay. I went to Cleveland over, over the holidays. Right. And it was funny how many of them were going, I really hope we don't lose Kyle Shanahan. I really could tell they did something special with this offense. Yeah. I mean, people need to realize, and, and look, this is not, hey, you're friends with Kyle. I'm just giving you a straight-up point of view. Yeah. First 10 weeks of the year, they don't have Josh Gordon. They got a rookie running back and a kid named Ben Tate who got cut because he can't play. Right. And then you saw him in the playoffs, he really can't play. Yeah. They have Brian Hoyer at quarterback. They lose Alex Mack that way in the season. And they're still had a better offense than the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. That have Andy Dalton and A.J. Green and, and – Mohamed uh, Sanu and the running backs, Jeremy Hill, Giovanni Bernard, right? Um, where do you hope he goes? I don't know. Uh, I, I just want him to go somewhere where he's in a good working environment and happy. You know, just look at that Cleveland situation. This is just purely from a football standpoint. Okay. I know we've done videos on this. But I would be concerned working in Cleveland with just some of the things they did this offseason. I mean, what do you mean? They had a chance to get Matt Schaub for nothing, just to add some depth, a guy that knows Kyle's system, uh, to add him to the roster. That's right, because they went into like the, the final preseason game with two quarterbacks. Right. They know Josh Gordon's about to be suspended, and then they don't draft one receiver in the draft. Right. It that, maybe the best wide receiver draft ever. ever. It, it is. It's not maybe anymore. I think it is. And then the third thing to me, too, is uh, I think to show some of the incompetence in that front office is uh, – the Charles Johnson, the wide receiver that was on the practice squad for weeks and right. weeks with the Cleveland Browns, they never bring him up to the 53-man roster. The Minnesota Vikings steal him off the practice squad, and he's the best receiver on the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. So I think those would concern anybody. That's not even Kyle talk or anything. That's just me doing my job. Yeah. That would scare me about working for any front office with those decisions. Let me tell you what's scaring me. We're going to change topics. Let's move on to something that's more enjoyable. Right. I see... Chris Christie in this sweater hugging Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. And I'm sitting there going, this is ridiculous. Right. As an Eagles fan, it did upset me. I got to ask you, Mr. Jersey, you have the Jersey politician in the box with the Dallas Cowboys owner. Did it make you feel a certain type of way? I said, I like that Chris Christie. That's what I said. Because I like that Chris First Christie. of all, he's not a politician. He's not worried about, oh, am I going to get the New Jersey vote this year? I have year? always respected so him. So I respect that. about the, the realness of him staying true to his heart and what he roots for. How does he end up being a cowboy? And, yeah, I also like – that's like the uh, the Jersey way. Like, hey, fuck 
you. I'll go watch the game where I want and deal with it. So uh, I think it was awesome. I really I w- have no problem I will problem say with this. For anyone to say that if the owner of their favorite team invited him into the box to watch a game. Yes. You can't get upset. No. I mean, if any owner called me in the NFL and was like, hey, would you please? I know you hate the Philadelphia Eagles, Chris Sims, but, uh, you know, what's his name? The Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah, Jeffrey Lurie called me. Like, sure, Mr. Lurie. I'll, I'll, please, yes, I'll come there. What time would you like to I also the think box? this. I think Chris Christie is such a meme of himself because he's so large that people feel the need to make fun of him even more. It was more ridiculous because he was so big and trying to hug them. You know what I right, mean? Like, right, right. He is. He's just ridiculous looking. You know what I mean? But yes. the reason that I like Chris Christie, and I will say this to you, I'm big. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I like the Cowboys. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I, I do like that. I'm going to close the bridge. I don't give a <laughs> shit. He's a little ridiculous. We're, we're a little ridiculous with our cuss words today. I know yeah, that. Well, because Fendrick was like, no, bullshit's a curse word. Okay, well, then I'm going to go off because you got me disgusting Lagunitas. <laughs> just kidding. I love you. You're the man. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Uh, good old. I just realized there was no S at the end of uh, <laughs> Fendricks. Yeah, I've been calling him Fendricks for like the last. Fendrick Lamar. You know where there is an S? At the beginning, a Stephen Nelson. The young man with the smooth moves is in the house today. Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> is that music playing? I don't have headphones this time around, mm. so I can't tell if I'm supposed to be no, it's playing. going down low or not. Oh, yeah. Let's get right into it, shall we? <laughs> Andrew Luck was asked on a recent conference call about his beard. He said his mom and his girlfriend often tell him how bad of a look it is. Oh. I want to know what your girlfriend, Adam, and your wife, Chris, and your mothers <laughs> do not like about your looks. You want to go first? Whatever. You Mine are. is painfully obvious. I have had shirts hidden for me. I had one shirt. It was this black shirt, and it, it fit great. You know the shirt that just feels good? Right. And it had a little hole in the back shoulder. And I'm looking around. Where the hell is this shirt? Oh, I hid it from you. You hid it from me. You can't go walking around with a shirt with a hole in it. Okay. I If I have holes in my underwear, like some of my pairs of underwear, and if she sees them, she'll rip them apart. I'm going to buy you new underwear. Right. I'm like, Okay. But like the, that pair of underwear right there is like that's the feel. You're the king of comfort, though. That's the thing is that's the a big difference between me and Chris is Chris is about fashion and I'm about feel. <laughs> if I could wear a hoodie and sweatpants every day, I am in it. So most of mine is just really embarrassing. Dude, I had shirts from elementary school that still fit that I was rocking. I don't doubt that. I really don't. Uh, mine actually is a facial hair thing, actually, with my really? mom and my wife. Yeah, my mom and my wife hate when I have a goatee. So sometimes I'll shave everything. The week goes by, and I'll shave everything except my chin hair, and they both they cannot stand it. They really can't. Now, well, why do you do it? To egg them on or because no, you just, think it looks good? Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, it's Saturday. I'm not going to work. Let me let my big goatee pop out today. Uh, but then uh, my wife loves when I have scruff, all-around scruff. Gotcha. But the goatee, I don't know. My mom and my wife, they just dog me whenever I have it. What them. about you, Nelson? Ooh, um... I would say my mom thinks that I she like has this thing with my eyebrows. They're, my eyebrows are pretty big. You have bushy eyebrows, have, but they're they're I nice. Some, though. I got some they're caterpillar masculine. to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So every time like she sees them, she thinks I did something to them. But I'm like, did mom, you do something to your eyebrows? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, mom, I haven't touched my eyebrows. They're as big as they were last week. When Fedric, you saw we me. might have to take a picture of Nelson's eyebrows for the Twitter account. 
We'll do, do that it. later. I like, you know, you're really stepping up your social media game since I called you out for being a poor social media producer. Yeah, well, that's what he gets. Yeah, I, no, I took it personally, so that's what <laughs> happened, yeah. You know what else you need to take personally? That music. Have you been tweeting out my videos lately? Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not for those who What's really know. funny is I did see one tweet that he sent from your account. By the way, Chris Sims doesn't like Twitter at all. At and it C was Sims like QB though. It was like, Oh, I did an interview with my dad, the main man, Phil Sims. Check it out. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Chris doesn't like it. He's shaking his head. We gotta get somebody else in charge of my Twitter. You've gone through like three social media people. He was really the first, and he's fired. No, Matt Iceman was the first. Yeah, but it never really happened, so he was really the first. All right. And he's doing a bad job. DJ Fendrick, spin that shit. It, it is spinning. Oh, I can't hear. <laughs> Damn it, I thought that would sound a lot cooler. I, oh, blew it too. All right. Cordell Brodus is a four-star wide receiving prospect. He is also the son of one Snoop Dogg. He said in a recent exclusive interview with one Bleacher Report, that when he was six years old, his father paid him $2,000 cash to play football. At the time, Cordell wanted to act and not want to play football. And said that, Snoop said, repay me when you're in the NFL. Were you ever bribed as children? If so, what was it for and how much were you given? So he was given money I was, to play football? But I wouldn't even know that six years old, if you gave me $2,000, I'd be like, what? I just won a dollar. I wouldn't even know. <laughs> so that's, that's hilarious. Uh, was he? Wait, hilarious. so I don't know. Was Snoop trying to tell him that like you'll get paid for this? Or he was just saying, don't act, do that? And he wanted, really wanted him to play football. Seriously, you could have given me like a piece of pizza, and that would have gotten me away from... <sighs> I've been bribed before, though. How old were you? Uh, I think I t- – did we bring this up on a podcast already? I don't I know. I can't remember. You but say it. Basically, uh, going into eighth grade uh, before the year, I don't know how it came about, but my dad wanted my grades to be a little bit better. Now, not that they were bad. I was probably like more in the B range, but yeah. I'd always kind of been like an A, straight A, close to that kind right. of guy. And he basically said, if you get straight A's uh, this first half of the year, I'll take you to a Bulls game in Chicago. You did say that. I told you mm, that. I story. All right. See, that's not really a bribe. To me, that's a reward. Yeah. That was like, stay away from that nugget. No, yeah, he I didn't always, want to play football at all. I would say the only bribe I ever got was, hey, Adam, if you do that again, I'm going to get the belt. <laughs> that's what I remember. I never got the belt, okay? He just, it was a good threat from old pops. Well, either way, hey, yeah, I'm not against the belt. You know, I don't do it. Or My dad would be like, you know, I got the belt when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's you're what lucky. my dad would You're say lucky too. that you're not getting the that's belt. That's what my dad would say, too. There is nothing worse in life, I think, when, when you hear, you just wait until your father comes home. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. That's the worst. Yep. That's the worst. No doubt about it. Because when he would come home, we would laugh and have a great time. <laughs> okay, that was an awkward silence. Come Where on, are we man. going here? Is it spinning? You have to give me a signal because I don't have my headphones. Again. Randy Johnson was one of four players told that they were going to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame class of 2015. Now, Randy Johnson also has a photography company. Yes. And the logo for this company is a dead bird. Of course, Randy Johnson once killed a bird with a pitch. If you were to have a company, photography or any other kind, what would your logo be? Stevens Nelson's company would be an idea generation company. I don't know where you come out with these, but they're great. 
<laughs> They're stupid. First of all, I think it's a good one. Though. The Randy Johnson exploding bird is one of the coolest videos ever. It really yeah. is. My girlfriend had never seen it, and when I played it for her, her face was just sheer amazement. The odds of a bird to fly by at that time. Right. Have, was that ever been calculated? Of uh, the odds? Yeah. One in a gazillion. I just did it. <laughs> it's a <laughs> lot of serious. Right. So what's your... My company? Wait, so the logo? The logo. What would it be? Mine would be Blonde Bomber, and it'd be a bomb with blonde, blonde hair. Yes. Just <laughs> came up with that right now, but I like it. <laughs> God, I don't Remember, know. I was thinking of a way to improvise. Remember that one day when Chris could not say... Imp- Improvisational. What were you trying to? Uh, it was something with improvise, but you couldn't say it. Yeah. Kind of like the time he was trying to say Brian Arakapo or Haloti or Haloti Nagata. Damn silent words, letters. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. Do you have? Did you come up with any possibles? No, I literally just came up with that question about forty-seven seconds before mm. I asked it. All right. Well, I think it's always funny when Chris makes Sims fun of my eating with... habits. So why don't you? Say, what would my logo be, Chris? I think your logo would be like. Uh, a big mouth with like an eagle symbol in there. Or, or something. what about like a, a big mouth with a Philly cheesesteak? Yeah, something like yeah. that, right? For Lefko, I think or it's like be a, a big cheese mouth steak. with like a microphone next to it. I think that would be kind of cool too. I'm just a mouth to you, huh? Yeah, just a loud volume voice I'm, trap. I am glad that you didn't go with like a spleen. You know what I mean? <laughs> nah. No, well, I don't have one, so that just wouldn't be that right. wouldn't be legit. It's <laughs> true. It is true. Yes. So you 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 don't have one for yourself? Do you have one for yourself? No, I'm asking the question. You guys stink. I'm way quicker on my toes. You are. You well, a logo. I don't know. I feel like it would be some stupid f- cartoon face. It just gotta be like. Uh-huh. You know what? That it, would be mine. Maybe it would just be my eyebrows. Two hovering eyebrows over the name of my company. Oh, I think that would work well. Yeah, I do. Could you grow a unibrow if you wanted? Oh, yeah. yeah. A Probably. unibrow? You can almost do it when you just squint your eyes together yeah. like that. It's close. <laughs> Speaking of logos, all right, there are eight logos in action this weekend. We got to do our picks. Right. First of all, I need to ask you. Yeah. Does it upset you that you're losing to me this much? Because you have had an incredible track record all year. Right. And I'm the one that just siphons off your information and steals it. And now I'm turning it back on you. It is dis- disheartening. I will say that. Uh, no, I've been cold. I really have. Not even last week. Uh, really, the last three weeks of the season, I've been cold. What's a harder week to predict, wild card or divisional round? I think wild card. I think there's a lot more of a... Hence the name. Yeah, there's wild a lot card. more talent disparity in that round. Parity. Uh, yeah, there's, there, there, there is some parity, but there's teams with holes. There's just a lot of different things that can go on. I mean, just you know, take Arizona, for instance. Defense is falling apart, don't have a quarterback. Right. There's just a lot. of There, there can be issues. This week, uh, I think you got the eight best teams in football, too. I don't think, they, I don't think it messed it up, really, you know, other than I, pro- I picked Pittsburgh last week. Right. Uh, and the Eagles should be in there. All right, let's do that music. <laughs> let's make a picks. <laughs> The first game on Saturday, the Baltimore Ravens in Foxborough taking on the New England Patriots. I'm going to go first, and I I just do not see Bill Belichick losing. I do think that Baltimore is a team that can beat them. I don't think they're afraid. Who are you going to pick, Chris? Uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm going the Patriots all the way. I think this Patriots team is too good uh, on both sides of the football. 
Uh, I think it's the best team they've had since 2007. Can I tell you the one thing that scares me with the, with the Ravens is their secondary is not that good, but I think their front seven is, is going to be able to kind of stop the run. And I think because the Patriots' offense, to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, yeah. is so much underneath routes and little guys and Gronk, those are the athletes that the Ravens have. They have the guys that can kind of work around the middle and get that pop. And I just I just see Terrell Suggs standing over Tom Brady at one point in this game. And I think how hard they hit him will determine a lot. Well, if you watch our Madden simulation, yes. you would see that Terrell Suggs does hit Brady and Suggs falls off of oh him. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did a Madden simulation of Ravens Patriots right. and Suggs drills Brady and Brady just throws him away and then throws an interception. <laughs> It was great. Who won the simulation? Ravens, 20-7. to seven. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's Madden. Madden, Madden. went 1-3 like me last week in the they simulation, did. too, so they don't About know About as accurate either. as you. <laughs> By the way, John Harbaugh called out friend of the podcast, Peter King, after the game last week on the field. What do you mean? He's like, hey, coming off the field, John Harbaugh says, hey, Peter, how are you, sir? Did you pick us? And Peter says, no, I didn't. He's like, no, I didn't think you did. You never do. And walked away. <laughs> That's awesome. John, okay, you're not going to tell any stories. Why, why is this budgeting relationship, this budgeting, budgeting rivalry between Harbaugh and Belichick? Do you see one? You were up there in New England. Is, is that an underrated rivalry that no one's talking about? Yeah, it is. I think it's a respect-slash-hatred rivalry. I think you got two, like – competitors in Belichick and Harbaugh, who are both very hard-nosed, hard-working coaches. Uh, so they also find ways to maybe dislike a guy like that just to motivate themselves a oh, little bit. Sure. And uh, both guys are very prideful as far as they want their team to be the most physical team. Oh. Uh, I think people re- lose no sight of that. No one's going to out-tough right. us. Right, and, and I think a lot of people lose sight of that with New England. New England can hang in there with any style of football every year, no matter what team it is. So they're obviously tough. And then, of course, Baltimore, they think they're the biggest, baddest guy in the block always. Oh, yeah. So it's just a little clash that way. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the second game on Saturday, the Seahawks hosting the Panthers. Jealous. You're looking at everybody. Seahawks and the Panthers. Seahawks and the Panthers. You're going first this time. I'm going the Seahawks. So you got to go first the next two times. <laughs> Seahawks. He's dying. Chris is dying. Don't the die. Black lung. Uh, I'm going uh, with the Seahawks as well. I will say you had a point in a video today I thought was very interesting. Keekley and Thomas Davis. Yeah. If there's one team in the NFL that's maybe most prepared to handle the the handoffs of the Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, and the speed to deal with a quarterback like yeah, that, right. it's the Panthers, and their defense has been playing great. I just I think that the all year Arizona's defense has been a little bit overrated in right. terms of pass defense. Right. And Cam was able to get away with some really bad throws. I think Seattle in that area in that arena or stadium or whatever, yes. is just going to be swarming. I, it, uh, I, I Honestly, I'll say this. Of course, I'm picking Seattle. But early in the week, I thought, oh, this game's going to be good. It's going to be better than people think. I think it's going to be close. And as the week's gone on, I told you earlier, I feel like I'm more and more going, man, 
how is Carolina ever going to score a point on Seattle? That's what right. I'm a little worried about because of like what you said. Who do you got to be scared of in that Carolina passing game? Uh, Sherman, yeah. Maxwell, Darrell Simon, Jonathan Earl Stewart Thomas. has to have like the game of his life. They're going to have to dominate the line of scrimmage, dominate. which I just can't see that happening. I, I don't think – I think that you could have a successful quarter or two right. running the ball against Seattle. I just think in the playoffs with how hyper-focused they are, you're not going to dominate them for a whole game. And if they do, I'm yeah, down to eat some crow. Them. Right, yeah. right. Let's go to Sunday in Lambeau Field, the Packers and uh, Cowboys. I almost want to save this game for last. We should have. We can skip this game. <laughs> Let's go to Denver. Broncos against the Colts. Uh, yeah, because to me, Luck and Manning is a great storyline, but I, I am so obsessed with Romo in Lambeau against Rodgers. Yeah, me too. All right, so Luck and Manning, you're first. Yep. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to agree on all these games today, so you go first. Well, considering the fact that you've seen my picks in the videos. I don't pay attention. I black out in the videos. Yeah, sure you do. I'm too busy Uh, trying to figure out what to say at the end of the videos that I'm not listening. Because i got to be like, all right, you just watched the video. Thanks for watching. (laughs) Comments below. Like I'm I'm functionally idiotic at that point. Yes. Is that a word? But okay. So I'm picking Denver. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, uh, obvious reasons. Uh, I do think this game, I think the Colts can hang in there to a degree. Uh, but, man, I, I just I just think it's going to all be about luck and yeah. his ability to make big plays in the pass game. And I th- think it's just going to be too much to ask uh, of him by himself, especially with those pass rushers. Uh, and the secondary for, for Denver is very good as well. I just don't see how they can get it done. I thought about it. The strength of the Colts' defense is probably their cornerbacks. Right. Which is the one position that Peyton Manning's not really going to attack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, he's not going to throw it deep on him. He's going to kind of go underneath. The question really is, though, DeMarcus Ware, um, Aqib Tlaib, and, that, and Von Miller with, with Andrew Luck. And uh, an offense that I have been impressed with, though, Last week, they really did show me something against the Bengals in terms of I really loved the way Boom Heron was playing, but I loved their their passing attack, and they just went, Andrew, you go out there and you tear them apart as quickly as you can. Um, I'll tell you what scares me is I thought the Bengals had some running success early, and they got away from it, and I I think that C.J. Anderson's going to be a big deal. I've just decided, though, that I'm going to disagree with you solely on the last game. So I'm going to pick Denver here, and whoever you pick in the next game, I'm going the other way. Okay. So, Green Bay, Dallas. <laughs> First playoff game in the history of the National Football League. We have a team that went unbeaten at home oh, right. against in the regular season against a team that was unbeaten on the road. Unbeaten on the road. That's yeah, crazy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so pumped for this game. I really am. Uh, You're going pack? I am going so pack. So I am going to do the other thing. Wow. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I don't think it's crazy. Uh, yeah. I just I feel disgusting yeah, saying he's it. He's an Eagles fan. Yeah, I know. But sometimes, you know, you go with the man that beat you. Ooh. And they beat you. <laughs> they, bo- they, they both beat us. That's the thing. Aaron Rodgers beat us like a like a red Like a mule. drum, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he really did. That, and that's the thing that scares me is – um, Detroit, I don't think, really had the weapons to take advantage of some of the weaknesses on Dallas's D. Yeah. And I think that if, if they get Rolando McClain in space, 
and they're able to just run some Randall Cobb or something like that. Rodgers' injury doesn't scare you off, Sims. Mm. No, it doesn't. I mean, it, it's certainly he's not going to be the 100% Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but so smart. I, I think what Adam said, too, is he's on the right track. You know, that you got to remember, that Dallas defense, Rod Marinelli, Aaron Rodgers has played against him a lot. He was the head coach. Rod Marinelli was the head coach of the Lions, the coordinator of the Bears. He's had great success against them. Right. Uh, I think the defense can be a little too bland at times, a little too predictable. And if Aaron Rodgers, like we were talking about earlier, if he breaks the huddle and knows what defense you're playing, you're in trouble. If, if DeMarco Murray has like 25 carries, I feel very confident. If Dallas establishes the run, it's so funny, man. All football analysis is the same. If they establish the run, they keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. That It's so true, but I think DeMarco can have a lot of success. You've been questioning this Packers run defense for yeah. most of the year, yeah. but they've made some strides. Their linebackers, I feel like, have gotten better as yeah, of late. They definitely have the, the Barrington kid in the middle. Putting Clay Matthews in the middle has made them a lot better. You know what I think also you got to remember? I think it's going to be a factor come this week, and it might hurt da- it's going to hurt Dallas more than Green Bay, that playing field up there will be a difference. Uh, you watch games up in, up in Green Bay, uh, and I know this too because some of the New England people had told me that when they went up there to play Green Bay, one thing they noticed on film a lot, a lot of people slip on that Green Bay field. The opposing team always seems to, to slip. Huh. Uh, it's a field that's cold, but they have those heaters underneath. So if you don't have the right cleats, if you haven't played there, uh, there is something to that, a little bit of a home field advantage as far as knowing how to cut and how to run, how to keep the weight over your feet. Uh, I do think that could be an issue if it's a little sloppy out there. So you're seeing a Green Bay-Seattle NFC Championship game yes. and a Denver-New England. I mean, it, what's so funny, these, that was the storyline in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I agree, yes. It was, it was all these four teams except for you know Dallas. Nobody thought Dallas was going to be here. If we had to substitute anything for Dallas, I think we would have put New Orleans yes. early in the year. Oh, what a disappointment. Uh, yeah. Or maybe the Bears. No, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that. And the Eagles suck, yeah, so yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, no, I think Chris Mortensen was great. We're going to start working tonight on next week's podcast guest. Yeah, sure we are. Um, but I will say, what was her name, the, the tweeter? Andrea Buscemi, you're the best. The best. Uh, if you want to ask Chris or myself or Nelson or Josh a question, hit us up on Twitter. It is at Sims and Lefko. Uh, that is the podcast Twitter. Josh runs that, so you can say, hey, Josh, you're an idiot. Here's my question, and then send a second tweet. I like it. The tweets are from Aroma. From, that was his Italian. So, Chris, feel better. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, stop eating teriyaki with a major spoon sorry i just trying to eat lunch at six o'clock at night i understand um but this is it this is the end chris sims you are my friend steven nelson your eyebrows they bend josh fendrick that's where this ends (laughs) i give i give you a 10 um (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I felt really healthy this podcast. Good. Did it did it change anything for you? Uh, no, I thought it was a fun podcast. I thought your flow at the end there was horrible. That was the worst that, I've had. Good. Maybe that's the negative downside. It's these cryptic messages that keep you listening to the Sims and Leftco podcast. Next week, we might get the Johnny Damon. We tried to get him on this time, ran out of time. But one of these days, Johnny Damon, one of these days, we're going to find you and we're going to rub your face. Stop messing with my Johnny Damon, okay? It's your Johnny Damon. Yeah, he's mine. All right. You can have him. (laughs) 